Well, this morning, as you probably gathered from our Advent candle lighting, we are starting a series on the love uh, of God and also the different types of love that are mentioned in the New Testament especially. So before we get into that, let us pray that God would reveal to us. Father in heaven, we pray uh, very much that you will bless these tithes and offerings that we have given to you. We pray that you will uh, that you will bless the ministry of office, uh, uh, excuse me, the Ottawa campus chaplaincy. Lord, we pray that you will uh, bless their uh, chaplain, Ryan Farrell, and that you will strengthen that ministry in all that they do so that they may spread the good news of Jesus at Ottawa, uh, University of Ottawa, and at Carleton, and anywhere else they may go. Father, we pray too that you will again open our eyes as we look to your scriptures this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. Our passage that we're looking at this morning is Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21. So you can pull out your pew Bibles if you want to, if you brought your own Bible, if you have a Bible on your phone. Nobody's going to pretend that you were playing games on your phone. You can look at it on your phone, that's fine. Uh, Or you can just follow along on the screen. This is what Paul says. Now, Romans, we have to remind ourselves what the book of Romans is. Romans is Paul's letter to the people of Rome whom he hopes to visit but has not yet visited. He does get to go and visit there eventually under, you know, arrest, but he does get to go there. Um, In the meantime, he's been longing to go to Rome and meet the Christians there and talk to them and encourage them and strengthen them. And and by way of anticipating that event and sort of introducing himself to them, he writes this letter, the letter uh, called Romans, right? And uh, in doing so, he gives probably the closest we have to Paul's complete uh, theology, Um, you know, we don't, they didn't create things like systematic theologies really back then, but, um, this is about the closest we get in Romans. So this is part of what Paul is not only teaching the people of Rome and through them and through the Holy Spirit teaching us, but it also is outlining some of Paul's pretty fundamental theology. So let's hear what Paul has to say and what Paul has to say uh, through the Holy Spirit to us as well as we read this. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. 
do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live in peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome but do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The word of the Lord. Amen. Uh, David, if you can go back to the first slide of that scripture, we need to we need to look at a couple of things there because uh, there are some translational issues. Do, do you know? Have I mentioned to you the story of Batman? You remember Batman? Maybe? Okay, I'll remind you. Okay, there are difficulties in translation, right? Uh, many of us here have uh, some Dutch background somewhere back there. And, uh, and we, we like uh, this word gezellig, right? Gezellig. Uh, it's, uh, I think in Eng- it's spelled G-E-Z-E-L-I-G. Uh, L-L-I-G, Gezellig, whatever, right? Dutch. Anyways, okay, right? But what does Gezellig mean? Well, it kind of means cozy. It kind of means homey. It kind of means warm. It kind of means nice. But but none of those words exactly captures what Gezellig means. You just know it, right? You go to somebody's house and you say, wow, this place is gezellig, right? And you know it, but you can't translate it into English. Well, yeah, so problem. How do you translate gezellig into English? Yeah, well, you do the best you can. You get cozy. Well, it's 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 also true about black Batman. Okay, so in English, Batman sounds intimidating. Batman, right? Right? But what's a bat? in Dutch. A bat. Not a baseball bat, but a bat. Like, <laughs> right? It's a little mouse, right? Which is literally a, a flying mouse. A flying mouse. Okay, so in Dutch, you have Fledermausman, <laughs> which, if you translate back in English, is flying mouse man, which is not nearly as intimidating as as it is in English, right? Oh no, it's flying mouse man. Ah, right, right. See, this is this is what you run into when you start doing translation. And here is an example in this little passage here where there is some difficulty, right? So, in verse ten, we read, "Be devoted to one another in love." Now, you wouldn't know it from our English translation, but there's actually two separate words used for love in that passage. So the word love is actually mentioned twice in that one little sentence. Be devoted to one another in love. The second word is um, 
phileo or um, brotherly love, right? It is um, like the same root as Philadelphia and, and the same root as filial and uh, all those kinds of things. So it is brotherly love, uh, sibling love, yeah, as one could put it, right? The, the love between brothers and sisters, siblings, right? But the first one is actually a compound word, which means dearly love. Dearly love. It can also be translated differently than that. It can be translated, if I can find it again, uh, deep affection, strong affection, loving dearly. So, so Paul is actually saying here, and, and this is why the translation doesn't quite work, because it doesn't work in English. Paul is actually saying, be dearly loving to one another in brotherly love. Right? He really, really, really wants them to get it that they need to love each other. Love each other so closely that it is as if they are family. Right? And... and and actually, actually, it's true. They are family. They are family. The family of God. There is a saying, right? There's a saying out there uh, that's been around. And maybe you don't, uh, you haven't put together how this works or, or where it came from. But there's a saying out there that says, blood is thicker than water. Right? You remember that saying, right? And what it means is that people say that that their family relationship, blood, is thicker than any other relationship that people might have. But think about it. Think about it. What is the water? The water is the waters of baptism. That's what that is. Blood, family, biological family is more, is stronger, that saying is saying, than the family of God. The family of believers who are together because of their baptism. But that, brothers and sisters, is very wrong. In fact, it is exactly the opposite of what Jesus himself said and taught. Remember, remember when Jesus is preaching and teaching, uh, you know, Mary, I don't know what state of mind she was in or anything, but Mary sends some of Jesus' brothers and sisters to go and get Jesus, right? And, and the disciples come to him and they say, hey, your brothers and sisters are here to come and get you. And Jesus says, who are my brothers and sisters? And what does he answer? He answers, those who do the will of our Father in heaven. Those are my brothers and sisters. In other words, for Jesus, in a very real way, water is thicker than blood. Water is thicker than blood. This is why Paul goes and he emphasizes two times in this little sentence, love, brotherly love, dearly love, devoted in love, 
connected to one another. And we're going to talk about just sibling love, but the, but the word here that, that forms that first compound word, the dearly loved word, part of that word is the, the reality of family love, that storge love. In fact, actually, technically, the word storge by itself doesn't actually appear at all in the New Testament in that just that plane by itself. But we know it's there because God talks about it through the writers of the Bible all across the Scriptures. All across the Scriptures. And here, Paul is bringing out that family love. Listen, because this is what... (laughs) This is what he says. He starts expounding on what that love looks like. Right? It's got to be sincere. You got to hate what is evil. Not, ooh, ooh, careful. Not hate the person. Not hate the person. Never, ever, ever hate the person. Right? This is what Peter realized when we talked about the, the, the sheep being dropped down out of heaven, right? And, and God says to him, don't call anything unclean that I've declared to be clean. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, right? But that's what he says, right? He says, don't... And then Peter realizes and goes to see the Gentiles, the enemies, the Roman oppressors. And he says, God has taught me not to call anyone unclean right so never ever ever with the hate of people hate the bad things that people including yourselves do right with humility and honesty but don't ever ever hate the people right um (laughs) because he goes on right Uh, cling to what is good be devoted to one another in love and we've talked about that we'll come back to it again honor one another above yourselves never see but think about this right your 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 little brother or your little sister was getting into trouble with bullies at school right you're going to stick up for them in a way that maybe you would never have stuck up for yourself in that same situation you're going you're gonna to sacrifice a bloody nose or, or a split lip to honor and care for your little brother more than maybe you would do that for yourself. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, right? That the, you know, I am going to love and protect and care for um, God, like protect. God doesn't need protection. But I am going to care for God's people and I am going to be zealous about serving the Lord. Keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's, and pe- Lord's people, your brothers and sisters, your family, your spiritual mothers and fathers and uncles and aunts and cousins and children and grandchildren. Share with them all who are in need, right? Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality, right? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. It, it's interesting because it's true about people who do not know Jesus yet that you are supposed to do this. But notice also that it is in the context of talking about your family. Your family. 
right? I, I remember when I was a kid, we had this big Thunderbird. It was a huge car, right? A 1978 Thunderbird. It was red, candy apple red. It was gorgeous, right? But it had uh, it had plastic leather seats that were gray, right? And they were uh, yucky. But anyways, we would go on long camping trips, me and my sister and my parents, right? And we would be in the back. And my parents... My parents would put up with us only for so long. He's touching me. He's poking. He's on my side. She's on my side. Right? Right? And so they'd put a cooler in between us, right? But yeah, you know, right? Put the cooler in between them, right? And then and then they can't bug each other, right? I didn't bless as a child my sister who persecuted me. <laughs> And she didn't either, right? Bless them and not curse them, right? Just like our brothers and sisters who may pick on us here, right? Or whom we pick on, maybe we shouldn't, right? Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. And, and this, is, this is good, right? Because I think, largely, God has blessed us to be able to do this, right? When people are struggling among us, we are there with them. And that's wonderful and good. But we have to cling to that. Right? And we need to rejoice like we are today with Darcy and April and Noah. Right? We're rejoicing with those who rejoice. Live in harmony with one another. That's a, ee, the church is so good at that. Right? By God's grace, we are blessed to be able to do that a lot of times. But let's face it, there are times when we really struggle Right? Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Right? Y- you know how? <laughs> you know how when we were kids, maybe, maybe your parents did this or said this to you or whatever, or maybe you're still picking up that vibe from from elsewhere or whatever. People say, "Don't hang around with them. They'll be a bad influence on you. Right? They'll drag you down." They're not good people to associate with. That's, that's garbage. That's baloney. It is contrary to the gospel. It is contrary to what Jesus did. Who did Jesus hang out with? <laughs> Thanks, David. The lowlifes. Yeah. The sinners, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the, the centurions, the, even the hypocritical Pharisees and Sadducees. That's what he hung out with. He hung out with all of them, all at once often. So that the ones are snipping at the others. Look at them, he hangs around with drunkards. Oh, you're a hypocrite. I hang out with you too. Right? Hang out with the low life, David. Thank you. Not that you're a low life, but right. Don't be conceited. Don't repay. Do not repay evil with good. Or do not. Uh, sorry. Do repay evil with good. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is in the right, was right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Notice that little phrase, right? If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And then go back a slide, David. Right? Live in harmony with one another, verse 16. 
Right? This is another time where, where Paul's basically repeating the same thing twice. Maybe he knows, maybe he knows already from his experience, or maybe he has a prophetic vision, or maybe it's both, that the church is going to have a tough time living at peace with itself and with each other within the church. Live in harmony with one another. Next slide, right? If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to revenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Right? This, this is what we're called for. And again, notice that this is within the context, really, of the church, the family of God, right? It's not like, I'm mad at you, I'm not talking to you anymore. It's like, I'm mad at you, have a cookie. Not poison. Right? Weird. Hard brutally hard. Who do we get the most angry with? Who do we get the most upset with? The people we're closest to. It's so much easier to get mad at a brother or sister or mother or uncle or aunt who's with you all the time or whatever. It's so easy to be irritated with them. A spouse. A child. Oh, man. They drive you nuts sometimes. Not just children. <laughs> if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heat burning coals on his head. That is like <coughs> you're gonna you're gonna like weigh them down with the burning of their guilt for being so mean to you, but also you're going to be burdening them with, <coughs> excuse me, with goodness and love, which is not something that's comfortable to take, especially when you know you've been mean or nasty or whatever. Do not overcome by evil, but overcome with good. And, and Remember how we talked about how Jesus came to do a number of things. One of the things that Jesus came to do was to remind us, to teach us what it truly means to be human. To show us by His example, by His words and His deeds, what it means to be an image bearer of God. To be someone who walks bearing the image of God. Who walks in love because that's that's who, what God is and, and here we have Paul telling us to live like Jesus who did these things because we are family we've been adopted into his family which is of course the great joy the great goodness the great wonder that we have been adopted into the family of God. And that blood is not thicker than water. Water is thicker than blood. This is the first of our loves 
storge love, the love of family, family especially in the gospel that is bound together. Yes, through the blood of Jesus, but not necessarily through the blood of biology. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you for our adoption into your family as your children, as heirs with Christ, co-heirs with Christ. Lord, help us to live not, not as our human families do in so much brokenness and hurt, pettiness and bitterness, but help us to live as families were meant to live in love and humility and graciousness and accountability and truth and justice and holiness and righteousness and mercy. Help us to live, whether it be in joy or in sorrow, with one another in sympathy, empathy. Help us to be family in the best senses of the word because of you, O God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.